0: Pastor uh, Todd and Jill are delivering their firstborn to college this weekend. So you, that you probably detected a little tear in his eye last week. It's the, uh, the first first little bird to flee the nest for them, so I um, might say a prayer for them. And George is helping out with the baptism, so the third string's in today. So, you know, you just have to live with that. I, I, I was worried about that, and then I figured, well, if Tim Tebow's third string, and not, not all that bad. <laughs> Our service today uh, includes the two sacred practices that Jesus commanded his church to observe as vanguards of our faith, great pictures of our faith, baptism and communion. These represent the outward expression of our inward experience of faith, both individually and as a community. And by their observance, we deepen our understanding and our relationship with God. About 12 of our friends entered the waters of baptism today and in so doing publicly identify themselves as followers of Jesus Christ who are united with him in his death, and his burial, and his resurrection. Paul says it this way in Romans chapter 6. All of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that... Just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Several years ago, a young man in our church, Conrad Jones, was baptized. I don't know anyone for whom that experience has had a more profound effect. At least nobody that's shared that with me. We asked Conrad last week to come and to share his experience with the candidates for baptism, give them a little uh, of his own personal testimony of what baptism meant and has meant in his life, it was so strong and so sweet and so wonderful that we wanted to share that with you this morning as we prepare to um, observe and to um, support our friends who are being baptized. So, Conrad, if you'd come up here, would you welcome him? Just take the nerves off for him a little bit.
1: Good morning, I want to start off with some scripture because this is where most of what I'm going to tell you about comes from. In Matthew 4, this was immediately after Jesus was baptized. I don't know how many of you remember, but he immediately went into the, uh, went to the wilderness and experienced 40 days of what I'm going to describe my eight years have been similar to. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command the, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I hope that most of you know how this battle went from there. If not, you need to go read Matthew 4, because it's something that you should probably know. A key point is how it concludes in Matthew 4. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. There's about a dozen brothers and sisters back here that are going to enter this same time of their life. This is what happened to me about eight years ago. It was over 15, 16 years ago that I had accepted Christ as my personal Savior. But the difference in my life from when I accepted Christ to when I was baptized is that I would say that that was the point that entered the game. Most of you have been involved in some type of sports, or at least you've seen it on TV where it's game day, where you go, you put the jersey on, you've been through the practice, um, you've watched it, and you're, you're excited, and it's, it's the day that you put on the jersey, and you're stepping out onto the field, into the game. That's what these brothers and sisters are doing today. But you know, before you get into the game, that, that this is an aggressive game, this is a battle. If you think about the battles that Jesus went through, these are the same kind of battles that they're going to go through. These are the same kind of battles that I went through. I got in the game about eight years ago, and what changed from when I accepted Christ when I got baptized is that I got clarity, I got vision, I understood scripture better. I could see, I could discern good from evil more clear. There's a scripture that supports what that is in Hebrews 5.14. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. I mean, sure, everybody knows good and bad from when they're raised, but that spiritual battle of what's good and bad is something that only comes from God. And it's something that I believe happens when you stand up and you say that you're going to live for Jesus Christ and you're going to represent him in every way and, every, and everything, that you have to have that more aggressively. And so I just want to encourage you guys that my, my ministry now is basically in my house. I'm a husband. I'm a father of four. And it's something that my, my first mission is God first, at work and at home. And, and it's, based on, it's based on that day that I decided that it wasn't about my job, it wasn't about my income, or it wasn't about my stuff, but it was about living for God first. And um, that sounds simple enough when you say it, but I can tell you any of you else that have experienced it, it's been an amazing journey. Lots of pain and lots of success, but knowing that God has that battle and that he wins in the end, no matter what and no doubt in my mind, is what gives me the hope for myself and for them and for all of you. And so I want to finish with how I I fight this battle, the number one tool that God has given me, and it would be my faith. And that's expressed in Ephesians 6.16 where it's talking about all the armor that we put on when we're in the spiritual battle. And in the, um, in the New King James Version, I like how it says it the best, because it says, Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Above all, our faith is the strongest shield that we can have. Thank you.
0: Excellent. Thank you, baby. George, are you ready? Yes. Okay.
2: Good enough. Uh, we are <clears throat> getting in the game. Uh, that's a continual challenge from every, um, for, to every person. Uh, God never intended for us to be spectators. Uh, there is a great cloud of witnesses, says the book of Hebrews. So uh, we are encouraged to fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Well, we've got some folks here that are going to do just that. It's one thing um, to accept Christ, it's another to say I am really serious about my life counting for you every moment of every day. As frail and fickle as I am, you still take me just as I am. Well, come on down here. Um, You'll have to come and tell us who you are so that everyone will know. Come on in the water here. I've already, uh, you know, killed all the fish, you know, the piranhas that are in here, so... Anyway, tell, yeah, I thought it would be good for morale. Tell us uh, who you are. Uh, give us your name and maybe just a little bit about you. All
1: right. Um, I'm Jordan Williams. Um, I, um, I'm 14. I go to Bear Creek High School. I'm in ninth grade. And um, I want to I live for Christ and um, uh, in the name of our Lord and be a different person.
2: Wow. Jordan, that's a uh, tall order, but the Lord's with you. So um, just to ask you two simple questions, Jordan, one, have you truly committed your life to Christ as your personal Savior? Yes. And is it your desire, as I can tell, uh, to to live for him in, in every way, even there in a high school?
1: Yes, Alrighty. in every single way.
2: Well, you can tell that from Jordan's heart. So Jordan, if you would, I'm going to uh, baptize you. So... Uh, put your hands up to your nose here if you would, So, and Jordan, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Wow, good going Jordan. It's encouraging to have high school kids uh, make a profession like this, so thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Emily, uh, tell us a little bit first. Give us your name. I already divulged that, but uh, tell us what you're, uh, why you're up here.
3: Well, because um, Jesus is my savior, and I love him, and he's always with us.
2: From the mouth of a child, Jesus said, "Unless you come as a child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven." And uh, this is a sincere, heartfelt commitment. So. Emily, um, have you committed your life to Christ? Yes. And you understand he's your personal savior. He's with you every way. And um, is it your desire to, to, to live for him uh, every moment of every day? Yes. Yes, great. Well, Emily, if you would grab your nose here, I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. what a beauty there's hope uh, found in our youth and you're seeing it right before your eyes come on up if you would uh, give us your name and tell us whatever you'd like to say my name is
4: Michael Thompson And I'm here today because I feel the Lord's always been with me and carried me through so much. And through defeatists and self-doubt and discouragement, he's always been there. And I wanna give credit where credit's due, even at times when I have not. I know I don't wanna just seek him in times of strife, but make him a part of my life. And I want him to live his will through me as a vehicle to help me be a better father, husband, and a man.
2: Appreciate the words. uh, Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord. That's what you're doing, Michael. And then the things that you just asked, the desires of your heart will be granted because he put them there. Isn't that a cool thing? Well, Michael, have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior?
4: Yes, I have.
2: You were going to say something else, but you had something else? No. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. Is it your desire to, uh, to follow him and to serve him? This is a tall order, as Conrad said, it's a, a battle. Yes, I do. Great. Michael, if you could grab your nose, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow. Nice going. Nice going. I know, It's good. If you would, give, a, give us your name and maybe whatever you might want to say. I'm sure.
1: Well, my name is Chad Schold. I've been coming to West Bowles now for about half a year, and uh, God has really actually pulled me um, through quite a bit through my life, pulled me out of a lot of troubles, and I'm sure he's probably going to pull me through a lot more, and I'm just really excited to um, spend the rest of my life with the Lord. Absolutely.
2: Chad, uh, if if we really uh, picked your brain, I think uh, there's a lot of uh, amazing things that God pulled you out of, and all we can do is say thank you, Lord, for that. Amen. But um, that's what God does. So, Chad, have you committed your life to Christ in sincerity of your heart? Yes. And is it your deepest desire to serve Him in every way? Absolutely. This, in particular, is a courageous stand for you. I know that, and. Uh, uh, I, uh, we, we commend you. Uh, the Lord uh, says, that's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Chad, if you would grab your nose. Uh-huh. Chad, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Wow. Well done, congratulations. Luther was told me all about you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. <laughs> This is the amazing dynamic of the gospel, uh, any and all, whosoever will. If you're a whosoever, you qualify. But boy, does God have great plans for you as opposed to any other option. Come on up. Give us your, give us your name, if you would, and say a few words if you'd like to. Um, my name is Rob Higgins. Um, I asked Jesus into my heart many years ago. Um, and was saved by Jesus. I'm here today um, in an act of obedience to God's Word uh, as a display
0: for His will in my life and every facet of my life. First name is
2: Brad. What is amazing to me is you also have children, is that right? Yes, I do. And some of those kids are going to be baptized?
5: Yes, my youngest.
2: Yeah, and um, what a testimony of a father that is serious about his love for Christ, but then also uh, how it affects the kids. Uh, That's what God's deepest desire because he has the very best in store for us. So um, first name is? Rob. Rob, I want to get that correct because otherwise (laughs) God wouldn't know he was baptizing. (laughs) Rob, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Absolutely. But believe it or not, that's a new term, uh, personal commitment. I never heard that when I was growing up. But uh, there is something very, very personal about the Lord and his love relationship with us. It's not academic. It's not religious. It is personal. And that is what makes it so special. Is it your deep desire, Rob, to serve him with all of your heart? Yes, it is. Great. Grab your nose if you would. Rob, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Good enough. Thank you, Pastor. Congratulations. We are turning the helm, as they say in the Navy, over to Nathan.
4: Hey, would you give everybody your name? My name is Chris Gray. And Chris, Chris, do you have anything you want to say? Uh, yeah. So as many of you guys know, um, I kind of came from like a not very foundational background um, as um, far as faith is concerned. Um, but since coming to West Bowles for the past two years, I found my faith. I've accepted Jesus as my personal savior um, and just being with this community and how you guys love God and love others. Um, I've now officially wanted to uh, um, give my life to Christ and live it in the best way. And thank you for being patient with me. Um, I know I make mistakes and stuff, but um, I've learned. And now I'm, I'm ready to take that next step. So, cool. Well, guys, Chris is a, um, he's a leader in our junior high group and an active member of the Acacia group. And so, Chris, do you believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again? I do. And is it your desire to follow him? It is. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, <laughs> and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Woo! Good job, buddy. Congrats. Come on up. Chris. All right, would you give everybody your name? Noah Martinez. And Noah, no. do you have anything you want to say? No. No. All right. <laughs> you guys might know him better as Nitro. We call him Nitro in the high school group. So, all right. Grab my hands. Wait, I got to ask you a question. All right. <laughs> Noah, do you believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again? Yes. And is it your desire to follow him? Yes. And I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, would you give everybody your name? Bethany Little. And Bethany, do you have anything you want to say? No. No, all right. (laughs) Bethany's also a member of our high school group here at the church. Uh, Bethany, do you believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again? Yes. And is it your desire to follow him? All right. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Can you give everybody your name? Ashlyn. Ashlyn. And Ashlyn's dad was Rob who just got baptized. Um, Ashlyn, do you have anything you want to say? No. <laughs> right. Do you believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again? Yes. Yeah. And is it your desire to follow him? Yes. All right. We we'll baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
3: Yes. Congratulations, lady. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to here.
2: Congrats,
4: sure. All right, can you give everybody your name?
1: Brianna Martin.
4: And Brianna, do you have anything you want to say? No. no. Brianna is a member of our junior high group at the church. So Brianna, do you believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again? Yes. And is it your desire to follow him? Yes. All right. And I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, we give everybody your name. My name is Michelle Fontes. And Michelle, do you have anything you wanna say? Yes, I've been waiting a year for this and before that year I was not ready. It took me a long time to be ready for this and what made me ready was Awana. Awana really showed me God and it helped me like understand him and now I'm ready and I've been waiting a whole year for this and Nathan, thank you for helping me too. You helped me even understand him even more and thank you mom. For always asking if I'm ready and not being afraid. (laughs) Thank you. And Michelle is an active member of our junior high group at the church. So Michelle, do you believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again? Yes. And is it your desire to follow him? Yes. All right, then I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right. Can you give everybody your name? I'm Caitlin. Caitlin and Caitlin, do you have anything you want to say? Not really. All right. Uh, Caitlin, do you believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again? Yes. And is it your desire to follow Him? Yes. Then I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Congrats. I forgot to mention, Caitlin's also a member of our junior high group. So, will you give these guys a hand? Thank
0: you. You have to love Nathan's unique style of baptism, don't you? <laughs> well, we, uh, we cherish these pictures, these uh, visible words that Christ gave us to express and to help us understand even better our faith. And it's wonderful to see that picture of baptism. Now, we also will celebrate this morning communion. Most of us, I think, are familiar with the biblical basis for communion. We know that Jesus instituted this practice on the night that he was betrayed. And he instructed us to remember his act of sacrifice in giving his body and his blood for us. In thinking about communion, I want to suggest three simple ideas this morning that should accompany the observance. Three implications of what it means to remember the body and the blood of Jesus. They don't fit into a a neat little acronym or a very clear outline, but they, they do tie together. So if you will, just try to follow me. First, communion should bring us to an absolute and unshakable certainty That God loves us. Romans 5.8 says it this way. God demonstrated his love for us in this. That while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. We hear terms like substitutionary death. Atonement. Propitiation and redemption. All attached to Jesus' death on the cross. And those are appropriate words. And words that we should understand. They're right words and they're meaningful. But when we come in this way. To remember Jesus by taking the bread which represents his body. And taking the cup which represents his blood. We can never forget what drove him to the cross. And that was love. God loves you. He designed the cross not only to satisfy his justice. Not only to provide the remedy for our sins. But to demonstrate in unmistakable terms his great love for you and for me. Second, the only appropriate response to God's love for us is to love him back. John says we love him because he first loved us. Loving God demands that we hate our sin. The attitude of heart and the specific transgressions that separate us from fellowship with God when we embrace the incredible sacrifice that Jesus made for us in giving his body and his blood for our sakes, we cannot continue to sin. So Paul tells us that when we come to communion, we should examine ourselves and not come to the Lord's table in an unworthy manner. That means we deal with our sins, that we recognize the provision for those sins is Jesus dying on the cross, and he told us to confess our sins and that he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Third, our experience of communion should temper and define, really, our relationships with one another. When we realize how much God has forgiven us and that he forgave us before we even realized our sinfulness, something must change. We must live as children of our Heavenly Father and treat his other children, our brothers and sisters, as he treats us. If we are to fully embrace his love, if we are to fully to respond to that love, we have to love one another. So Jesus tells us in Matthew 5 that if we are offering a gift in worship to the Lord, and there remember that our brother has a grievance against us, He says, leave the gift and go be reconciled to your brother and then come and complete your worship. When we come to communion to remember the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ as an act of obedience and worship, we must remember that he came not only to reconcile us to our Father, but to reconcile us to one another. As we come to this moment today, I'm going to ask you Will you receive again the truth that God loves you? Will you think about that? Will you grab that in your heart of hearts and hold on to it because it's everything? Will you embrace that love by repenting of any sin that separates you from your loving Father? We get a little careless with sin Sometimes we let sins grow up like we let weeds grow up in the garden, and it's time once in a while to pull those weeds, to deal with the sin in our life, to confess those sins to our Father and let him cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And will you, as we come to this table, purpose in your heart to be reconciled, if you need to, with any of your brothers and your sisters? That's the way we come to this table. Let's pray together. Our Father, we ask you that in this moment, as we participate in the Lord's Supper and communion, as you've commanded us to do, that you would help us to shut out the influences of the world and the distractions that keep us from embracing your love and thinking about it. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to deal with any sin that's in our lives. And we pray that we would come away from here completely committed to live in total love and reconciliation with our brothers and sisters. So we ask that you'll bless this observance this morning in Jesus' name.
5: at the foot of the cross where grace and suffering meet you have shown me your love through the judgment you received and you've won Yes, you won my heart Now I can Trade these ashes in for beauty And wear forgiveness like a crown Coming to kiss the feet of mercy I lay i
2: no place else where that burden can be put and removed. The way the book of Hebrews puts it is like this, Uh, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we possess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. If you haven't already, we're asking you to take this um, element that represents the body of Christ. Take and eat, this is the body of Christ broken for you and your sin. Pass out the uh, elements representing the, the, the blood of Christ. Once again, uh, the scripture book of Hebrews says there is no forgiveness without the shedding of blood, uh, the ultimate gift courtesy of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. If you would please hold on to this until we all can participate together. Hebrews it says uh, there is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time declares the Lord I will put my laws in their minds and I'll write them on their hearts I will be their God and they will be my people no longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother saying know the Lord because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. That night that Christ was betrayed, he took a cup. He said, this is uh, the covenant uh, in my blood. It's a new covenant. This is the blood shed once and for all for the forgiveness of your sins there's no other way for sin to be forgiven but this way so the Lord says to all of you at this time take and drink this is the blood of Christ they sang a song at the end of Communion but I think we're just going to stand uh, for the benediction and I'm going to read it, uh, again it comes out of the book of Hebrews, if you'd like to uh, really get a good flavor for uh, this Lord of ours, listen in, uh, this, is, this is the privilege, this is the uh, people among whom you dwell. Hebrews chapter 12, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author, perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful man, so that you do not grow weary and lose heart. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and send you to his peace now and forevermore. Amen. Come back next week and bring a friend.